Hi everyone, welcome back to the Missing Manual podcast. Zach and Connor here again, this time with a little insight into the Back for Blood beta. It came out last week and we were super buzzed to play it. And I have to admit the experience was um, educational, I, I would probably say. <laughs> what do you think, Connor? Yeah, that's definitely one way to put it right. Also, welcome back everyone. Yeah, like Zach said, we're going to be talking about the Back for Blood beta today, which came out last week and it ran from the weekend uh, to the Monday, I'm pretty sure. Um, people could play a, a small little chunk of the game, uh, provide some feedback, and um, and yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. <laughs> it was definitely interesting. Um, for people that don't know what Back for Blood is, basically, it is sort of the spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead 2. It is very much... Uh, it, originally, a lot of people thought it would be Left 4 Dead 3, but after we've played it, I don't know if, if that's the right, uh, the right description for it, Zach. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I, I mean, you can definitely see where inspiration has been taken, but they have, they've definitely, they've, they've put the dirt tires on and they've gone off-road a little bit with it, for sure. Oh, yeah, and man, they are definitely off-road in this. Definitely, yeah. There, there's a lot of, a lot of different stuff in there that I, I don't know whether, whether I necessarily uh, enjoyed the extra bits that we got, but there is definitely, it, it's definitely made its own name. It's, it's trying to step away, I think, from the from the shadow of Left 4 Dead and become its own entity. And, and Left 4 Dead obviously has been a, a hugely successful game, not just uh, in its own right, but but also what it's done for similar games, you know, that have cropped up in the vein of Left 4 Dead 2 uh, and Left 4 Dead, like, like Vermintide, for example, right? Um, that is Warhammer Left 4 Dead in a nutshell, you know? The, the format is very, very the same to, to Left 4 Dead's format. It, it is, and I think... I could probably speak for a lot of people that you know when, when I say that Left 4 Dead is the is the bar that we set a lot of our co-op games against. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent, and zombie games as well. To be fair, a lot of yeah. zombie games I will I think I will hold to Left 4 Dead standard because just that's how how influential and how uh, how awesome Left 4 Dead was. You know, the first one back in the day obviously came out on a PC and Xbox, the original Xbox 360, wasn't it? Did it come on Xbox. It was 360. Yeah, yeah it didn't yeah. come out on on Xbox. The first Xbox did it. No, um, I forget how old the game is now because the first one is actually semi-old now, isn't it? I can't remember when it was um, when it first came out, but it's, it's been out a while now. I want to say I want to say some sometime mm. in and around sort of two thousand seven. Isn't old? It's an old title for sure, man. I'll, yeah. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Get the research cap on, but but yeah, so it, we do hold that to a standard. So obviously, the, the excitement there's a lot of excitement around Back for Blood, um, and I mean, I still think there is a lot of excitement around for Back for Blood. There's definitely some people that enjoy what what they saw, uh, and and my kind of you know TLDR on it is it's a game that's got some very interesting potential. Um, I think that they are making some bold changes to the game, uh, and ultimately they are trying to to you know change the the kind of format they built up with Left 4 Dead because they don't want to just release uh, the same game. You know, they do want to try something new and, and something a bit different. Um, and obviously Black, uh, or Black, say Black Rock, Turtle Rock, uh, the studio that are behind it uh, were the ones that did the original Left 4 Dead along with Valve. Um, so so there is original devs at the helm here. They do definitely have what's best, uh, the best interest for the franchise at heart, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. You, you, when we when we look at their kind of, their ped, their pedigree, it's actually very impressive um with, with regards to that though it's it's one of those things i the kind of the way that i've explained it is that they, that they i don't think they can afford to get complacent with just okay we're the devs of, the, of this game it's like cool that's great but you you do realize you, you're making another game now so you've mm. got to put your got to put your dev hat back on and you've got to 
really knock it out of the park. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, it, it's like um, you, you know, like in Monsters University when um, <laughs> when uh, when Sully goes to goes yeah. to university. It's like he initially he tries to kind of ride on the coattails of his father's success, and that will get him so far. It opens doors for him, but he's actually got to walk through. He's got to put the, the hard work in to actually you know to to get to the point where he can. <laughs> graduate and, and that, do that, what that is a best. great that's a great analogy you know yeah they're going to need to experience right, right. a similar kind of uh, a, a similar kind of journey to that it's going to be a case of like cool we've got this really great stuff behind us let's use that let's 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 use that to empower ourselves to make another great game rather than just yeah. saying yeah we made this great game here's another game enjoy exactly yeah and and i mean like I said, the game does some things really well and some things are a bit interesting. And I definitely think there's time for them to... Uh, they've got time to, to kind of make some changes to see what they want to go with it. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the end end for the game already. I know some people are... Uh, uh, I'm seeing a lot of things online that people are very annoyed with with the way certain things went. But but I do think um, they, they have, they've done some quite good stuff here because this is a fairly big beta test for them as well, like very, very big. Uh, not only have they, you know just testing the game uh, but they were also heavily testing the crossplay features in this one as well which is a really big deal uh, you know crossplay is obviously the massive rage at the moment right it, it people really want crossplay in their games because they want to be able to play with their friends who who might necessarily not have a pc uh only have console only have a certain type of console uh, but you know crossplay opens up so many boundaries uh players can play with each other no matter the, the, you know, the platform they're on it definitely breaks down those exclusivity walls that uh, consoles have kind of maintained for the longest time oh yeah it's <laughs> super long right like i mean crossplay as a concept has has always been an idea for a long time but in actual fact we're only really starting to see the start of mass integration of crossplay as a concept um the biggest one obviously was fortnite fortnite was a massive one fortnite currently operates on a lot of different platforms and they are all pretty much cross-playing together which is wild to do your pc can play with console can play with mobile phone users uh you can play on the switch and play someone who's on pc or play someone who's on ps4 uh, which is a massive feat fortnite i think is at the moment currently for gold standard for crossplay because you can literally play that game on any device and play with friends no matter what they're playing on i'm no lover of fortnite but it is impressive yeah that's it like even if you don't necessarily like the content of the game i think you can still appreciate good good business and and a, oh, a yeah. good game design when you see it yeah you, you can appreciate the tech that's gone into making that game work how it does because it is literally playable on so many platforms right as many people as possible can play fortnite yeah that's it yeah. they haven't limited their audience once with that game no you can obviously you know, play it on phone if you want I to mean, you, you see a lot of kids playing it as well like literally anybody can pick that game up and, and give it a go yeah pretty much and and that's you know a, a fundamentally great idea for them because it brings more people into it because they don't necessarily care what cons people play on but they want people to play together basically because that's what keeps them engaged in the game you know wanting to play with your friends so like with back for blood they've channeled that crossplay uh philosophy as well which is really clever because they want more people connected uh so not only is the game on pc but it's also on xbox um and uh, PlayStation, including the next-gen versions of those consoles as well. So there's a lot going into the cross-play system here. It's ballsy. Um, it really is. Like It's a big to, player. Yeah. As, as a game developer, to put up a, a, a game that isn't finished and with that many bells and whistles and, exactly, and working yeah. parts, it's it's a really ballsy move. And I, and oh, I yeah. can kind of appreciate that they've... Because they've definitely opened themselves up for ridicule there. You know, Of course, yeah. The, the, the open beta process is massive because with a closed beta, you can control the amount of people that come onto the game. Uh, so you can make sure servers don't get overloaded. You can uh, enforce NDAs on people so they can't talk about certain things, can't show certain things. Uh, but with an open beta, there's genuinely no restriction because anyone can download it and play it for free. 
there's no stopping anyone you know at that weekend anybody that had a steam account that had an epic account could download this and play it for that whole weekend and experience everything the beta had to offer you know with, with little restriction yeah i think i can definitely i can appreciate the transparency from the from the game dev there oh yeah i mean there was also you know huge massive qr code you could scan right to give feedback at the end of the game when you finish it right yeah. So they're very open to feedback. They really want your feedback. And, and open betas are critical uh, for game game devs to kind of see an inside, really deep insight into the community that are going to be playing the game and uh, what the community want to say and want to see. Yeah, if used right, obviously they can read the room then, can't they? And and that can, oh, that definitely, can actually, yeah, yeah. It, it can be one of the most vital steps in it can, yeah. their, their product. It's almost like your, your temporary release in the game, right, for four days to see what people think of the game. Yeah. You know, and and that's and that's critical, and not just that, but you also need to get the game uh, playable by the right people there as well. So you'll see, you saw a massive drive on Twitch at the weekend. A lot of streamers were playing it. A lot of influencers getting out there. You know, it's the time for them to really push what the game's about. You know, get as many people playing as they can. Test the servers. Test how it works. Test the crossplay. Test the netcode, and gain so much feedback on how the game you know works and runs. It's good from a gamer's perspective as well because we can kind of we can get a we can get a snapshot of the kind of direction that they're going to move the game in, and if it's not something that you necessarily want to invest in, then that's fine. You know, you gave it a go; it was free. You've, you've lost nothing by by playing the game and, and giving it a go. Um, and I think that's kind of like I'm kind of sitting there now thinking like I've played the game, I, I've I've given it a you know a, a decent little go, a good um, little spin. And, yeah, that's it. And I, I think I, I definitely, there was definitely some enjoyment to be had there, but I don't know whether I'm ready to invest in it yet. I, you know, you know, you know yeah. me and the, the way I am, I'm quite kind of cautious now about of course, yeah. uh, what, what games I buy and stuff like that. So that, for me, this was really great because it was a good opportunity for me to see whether it was something that I would be interested in, you know, because on paper it was like, no, this is great. This is going to be like, like I mean, you said, like yeah, a spiritual on, successor to Left 4 Dead. On paper it is left 4 dead 3 you know without yeah. understanding anything else it is the next game from a lot of the same team that made left 4 dead 2 or helped make left 4 dead 2 at least it is essentially left 4 dead 3 you know uh, it is the next evolution in in a genre in a series that people love you know and and people still rave about to this day you know left 4 dead 2 still has ridiculous player count figures on steam um most people who have a steam account i wager own that game mainly because it's been 100 free sometimes other times the steam sells it goes down to literally like two pound yeah, and and it, and it has a real replay replayability. You know that you can literally. You, there are community made campaigns and skins and. Oh yeah, I mean the, the modding scene for that game is wild, right? Like Valve have always been firmly firmly in the camp of we. You know, we spoke about this a little bit in our Steam Deck episode, actually. We did um, on letting the players kind of do things uh, and not really enforcing any kind of restrictions on them about doing certain things. You know. Uh, and, you know, they've always been open about the modding scene on Steam and the Steam Workshop obviously is a fantastic invention and a fantastic addition to Steam because yeah. it breathes so much life into these games, you know? Well, I mean, that's the thing. It, actually creating the game and releasing it to the public, that's only the first step. Keeping the game alive after is just as important, I think. Gas games have become a lot popular nowadays and Gas stands for Games as a Service and these are games that live um and and are alive basically and react to player feedback and, and they evolve over the times uh like league of legends for example um csgo siege yeah. those kind of games um fortnite obviously massive example of that uh and what what kind of uh modding allows people to do obviously is get that same kind of experience but uh the game devs aren't doing it obviously it's the community base and the fans that are doing it yeah which is pretty cool. I don't know if, if Back for Blood will will actually support modding. I don't know if they're going to do that. Um, 
it's obviously a bit dodgy because of the crossplay element, you know. Uh, but you can obviously take crossplay off. You can turn crossplay off. You don't have to play crossplay, so that could potentially be one. Um, yeah, yeah, well, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know this, how that would work. The thing. It's it's no different than say, you know, like we used Vermintide as an example yeah. there. Like on PC, I, I know for a fact you can you can mod Vermintide and you can choose whether to you from the actual the the, um, the game starter, um, the actual uh, what's it called? You know the um, the launcher. The launcher, that's yeah, yeah. it, yeah. So from the launcher, you can decide whether you want to go into the modded version or the the, the, or the unmodded the version. standard version. So yeah. if maybe if that that would it was integrated that way, so you could have mm. from the launcher, you could say, yeah. right, well, I want to go in and play with PC gamers only who who who, who can share the mods, basically. Yeah, exactly. You you can have that. So that you, you can turn off crossplay in the game, and you could turn off crossplay in the beta as well. Um, and I don't know how many people were playing it on console. But I didn't really encounter any console players on there because it does say it gives you like a little logo. I did, um, yeah. When you, I, when you I played, encountered some console players, yeah. Yeah, I've played with a couple of a couple of folks from Xbox One. Oh, cool! You yeah. actually get the the little logo come up and everything. It's yeah, cool. that's really useful because uh, Fortnite does that as well. Um, but like De- Dead by Daylight has crossplay as well, but Dead by Daylight doesn't do that. They just have like a universal icon for crossplay, basically. Yeah, and you'll have the icon if you're a console player. And you'll not have the icon if you're a PC player, basically. That's how Master Chief Collection does the same thing as well. Yeah, um, you know, obviously the the, the Halo games because mm. uh, the same kind of jazz right? on PC. Yeah, and it, and it does. You, you just get a little icon. It'll yeah. either show up a keyboard or it'll show up with a with an Xbox controller. That's quite clever. I like that. It's pretty cool. It's nice. Yeah, crossplay, in, in essence, is a great thing, you know. And it was it was hindered by a long time of of just people not wanting to work on it, and also a lot of uh, a lot of legal pushback as well. You know, a lot of um, a lot of studios were were kind of against it to begin with. Sony had massive issues with it, and it was a big old you know a lot of debates and arguments between Epic and Sony and Microsoft about getting yeah. crossplay off the ground to begin with. Um, so there was a lot. I think from Microsoft's perspective, it would have always always been easier for Xbox and PC to to cross play because Microsoft oh, always, yeah, yeah. both, don't they? They own both of those camps. Yeah, yeah. Not only about the, the Sony Xbox, has always been the outsider yeah. there. The Xbox architecture has always been proclaimed as being quite good to, to dev on if you make PC games. Um, and obviously the the, the old school Sony dev, uh, it's been a lot harder. For example, the PS3 is always slated because uh, it was a notorious hard, notoriously hard console to develop games for. Yeah. Um, which is why when the PS4 came out, PS5 came out, Sony have really reworked how uh, people dev games on their platforms uh, because the PS3 was a massive step back. It was very hard to dev on that platform. You know, there was a lot of issues you saw a lot of the time, uh, which is the main reason why Bethesda had so many issues with Fallout 3, with New Vegas, uh, and with Skyrim on PS3, for example. You know, yeah. why the DLC was so goddamn delayed on, on PS3 to the point where the Skyrim DLC just straight up didn't come out for like a full year later because it was just so busted on the system. I mean, with those difficulties, it's no, you know, it's no surprise why we've never seen Uncharted and uh, Bloodborne and, no, no, and all those not. kind of games yeah. on PC. 100%. Yeah, it takes a long time to port that. I mean, it's getting better now because you're starting to see a lot more PlayStation exclusive games come onto Steam finally, um, and that's because one, like I said, the the system is a lot easier to dev for now, so a lot, a lot of work has to go, well, less work has to go into it, uh, and two, Sony have come around to putting their games onto Steam and other platforms. Yeah, so I mean, having the crossplay feature is fantastic it's yeah it definitely with, with trailblazing here which is which is a nice thing to see oh yeah yeah it's, it's a very very welcome feature but but getting into the actual game itself yes uh, and what it is and i, I want to talk about the the infected first of all um because i think they're a really cool feature of well, good place cool, to start they're yeah. a cool feature of left for dead as well um and, and back for blood is no different you know um so in this game they're not called the infected they're called the ridden which is which is quite a cool cool little name for them 
Yeah, the basic rhythm. They like they are. Um, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they are like your basic basic infected. But uh, they had some some weird stuff going on, didn't they? You know, crazy, some of them look crazy, like porcupines yeah. almost, don't they? Mm, there's some like, like bone spikes and stuff like that going for yeah, the like, sort of like uh, stuff coming out of there. Sort of like Baraka from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. <laughs> crazy looking things, and and the special infected or the special ridden, I guess you could call them. Uh, they some of they do share a lot of similarities with their Left 4 Dead 2 counterparts, but but usually they're they're actually more kind of combined. I found they are, yeah. They definitely take characteristics from maybe yeah. uh, one or two, or maybe even three of the infected that you'd see from yeah, Left ex- Dead. exactly. But in like one in like one character, yeah. So like you've got the uh, the wretches I mean, and the exploders. Yeah, the- the big ones that would um, that would throw acid bile at you and yeah. um, and explode. We just yeah. called them boomers. Like we, <laughs> exactly. we, did, we, we never even bothered calling them by their proper yeah. name. So so they're called re- well, there's a type of them called wretches and there's a type called exploders. And yeah. for intense purposes, they are basically boomers from Left 4 Dead uh, One and Two. Uh, but they have a bit more health and they also have a charge ability. So there's a little bit of that influence of the charger from Left 4 Dead Two in that character as well. Um, yeah, so and, a boomer and the who has as well because it's actual yeah. acid rather than it being like a you know like um exactly yeah um, like a bile to attract. So the you've infected. got you've got this boomer lookalike who kind of encompasses three different special affected. Uh, you've got the stingers who are who are also of a similar a similar kind of vein. Uh, those guys are like hunters mixed with spitters. Um, but not only that, they have kind of the constriction power of like a smoker would have in Left 4 Dead One too. Yeah, uh, they can jump around, but they can spit things that stick up survivors and keep them locked in a in, in a place for a period of time so it, again it's like a it's like a character who is a an amalgamation of three different special affected in one in one like being it kind of they kind of like web up your feet don't they and it deals yeah damage it, they, they kind of gum you up basically so it's sort of like yeah. that, that kind of constriction power of the smoker but with the movability of a hunter and the long distance range of a spitter which is kind of cool and then you've got your big nasty arm lads. You got the tall, the tall boys. They were the most problematic. <laughs> the I, I tall feel. boys, yeah, yeah, they were funny. <laughs> there, there's the one which grabs you and squeezes you, which uh, reminds me of a charger from Left 4 Dead 2. Yeah. Uh, instead of slamming you into the ground, they're just slamming you. You know, they're just squeezing the life out of you. Uh, and then you've got the other ones which I, I can't remember what they were called. They might have been called bruises, perhaps. I think they were called bruises. Yeah. Bruises, and they like their 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 arm. It's kind of like a like a. Weird kind of big old fleshy like sack. bundle of flesh yeah. and skulls and yeah, it's proper weird like a mace almost. I mean, art style wise, I I liked all of them. I think they all look really cool. Um, they all they all look quite unique. Uh, they all they all kind of the art for them definitely encapsulates what what the character is about. You know, the tall boys are well, <laughs> they're very tall. <laughs> the you know the the stingers are very fast and agile. They're a lot slimmer. They've got multiple arms. They almost look a bit like spiders actually, like. Like hybrid spiders, like the um, you know the spider ones from Killing Floor, Zach. Those ones. Yeah, the crawlers. Yeah, yeah, the crawlers. Yeah, and and they they follow suit with your the kind of the run of the mill, uh, almost like the Resident Evil philosophy of like shoot the glowy node bits. That's their weak spot. Yeah, the glowy node thing. I didn't really expect that because uh, that's something that Left 4 Dead doesn't do. You don't really have that, do you? You just kind of shoot the, the infected, right? And you just always go for the head. That's normally the weak. Pretty spot. much the, the rule. Yeah, this right? one yeah. is like the head isn't the weak spot. It's no, uh, it will it, be some kind of like yeah. fluorescent node on their arm or in their chest. It is very much uh, taking that Resi philosophy uh, and that Dead Space kind of weak point philosophy into this game. Yes. Yeah. 
which is interesting. It definitely adds a bit of flavour to to how you, university to how you take out the characters. Um, you know, I, I think they work quite well. There's also the really big ogres, isn't there? There's one called an ogre, which is a giant, right? Like a the, huge, yeah, the massive one. I've never seen anything beast. anything that big since. You know, yeah, uh, it reminded me a little bit of uh, there's an enemy in Resident Evil Six called the Ogro Man. Oh, um, <laughs> and he's and he, he is just like this giant ogre looking thing. That's cool. Um, but he's got like a the what the where it kind of differs in Resident Evil Six, that one's kind of he's got his weak point is on his back. Yeah. And it's like a it almost looks like a giant liver. Yeah, this one of, had kind of like kind blobs of all over the place, back. didn't he? Like on his chest yeah. and his neck. And the, back yeah, the ogre's got his his weak points in his chest and it's yeah. very noticeable. It's like a like a blood red mm. kind of like it almost a looks a little bit like a like a like a jewel. Oh like a jewel. <laughs> yeah. A precious jewel. The uh, the ogre was a cool one though. That was a bit of a, a switch up because there's obviously nothing like that that really kind of compares to to left for dead standards anyway um i mean you got the tank obviously the humble tank who is you know well known now for being the big brute of the uh of the cast yeah. i guess the ogre maybe if the tank was super giant <laughs> if the yeah, tank was super thing. massive you right? them together the, the tank would probably come up to maybe his shin bone yeah like he is uh the, the ogre is like a big boy massive boy um but like I said, though, from an art perspective, they're not bad. Actually, I quite like how they look. I think they all they they're all grotesque, look aren't really they? Nice. I, they I, I love creepy. them. I think, I think the character design um, is fantastic. Yeah, they're all really fleshy and spiky and bony, and you know, they're all they all definitely encapsulate the kind of role that they're meant to be there to fill. So I think art style wise is really good. Uh, versus, we'll get into that a bit later because I, I did play a bit of Versus because that was also on for the beta as well, which is quite cool. Uh, get to try Versus mode out. I think Versus mode gets a bit strange with it because there's a lot of choice a lot different to how Left 4 Dead handle its versus mode compared to this game's one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's definitely worth chatting about. But but from a design perspective, yeah, I think they look really good. The, the, the infected, or the ridden, should I say, they yeah, they, they look decent. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I think it's um, it, it's definitely in keeping with your source material, you know, keeping it keeping it recognisable as a kind of a zombie oh, yeah. slash infected scenario. But yeah, yeah they've, they've definitely taken it in a different, in a different perspective. You know, they've got the kind of those porcupine bone quill things it kind of reminds me a little bit of like um you know how they kind of made it different with the last of us where it was like a fungal thing so they had like mushrooms the mushroom zombies yeah instead, you got the yeah? spiky bone zombies instead yeah exactly it's just it's just something different <laughs> yeah. that you don't see with your regular run-of-the-mill zombie and it just makes them a little bit more unique a little mm. bit more special real big mix up there yeah definitely compared to what the yeah. other one compared to what left their one and two had um and i guess you know segueing from that the survivors in this game, obviously, once again, not called survivors, they're called uh, cleaners this time cleaners, around. Yeah. Um, and I remember looking online and, and reading a review from the or an interview from the devs, uh, and they wanted them to stand out very differently compared to the Left Dead 2 counterparts, Left Dead 1 counterparts, um, which they kind of referred to as being sort of normal, everyday Joe Bloggs kind of characters. Yeah. Um, the survivors from Left 4 Dead, I mean, minus Bill, I guess, are all yeah, kind of just he's normal like a people. Vet. Yeah. They're all just kind of normal people, right? Who aren't trained fighters. Um, whereas in this one, uh, they wanted to, to, they basically described the cleaners as being capable. They were actually like capable, capable survivors, basically, is how they kind of described it. Um, in comparison to Left 4 Dead 1 and 2's cast of characters. Yeah. And it just from a kind of a, from a statistics perspective, you know, they have actual perks and bonuses to playing a certain character with the oh, that's a big one yeah, yeah they were just all Huge the same one. weren't they? they they were the same across well, the board yeah they, they no, had no different stats right they just there they was were no just benefit to playing one yeah. character over the other other than kind of your preference of their voice lines i suppose yeah they, they were their voice acting and just their character in general right because this was obviously on release when skins weren't a thing uh you couldn't really download character mods 
then because they hadn't been made. So you just kind of played, well, whatever one you thought looked cool enough uh, and in the, whatever one you liked, right? I used to love playing Coach in Left 4 2, for example. Great character. Nick was always my go-to. He looks good as well, yeah. yeah I, love <laughs> I mean, the cast is solid, right? The Left 4 Dead cast is really good. All of them are really good. I don't think there's yes. there's really a bad character. Um, I feel like, amongst I, them all. like our group that we play with, I think Rochelle gets a lot of shit from our, from our group. <laughs> Rochelle, yeah, Rochelle's not too bad, to be honest. I mean, it's Rochelle and, and then you in the first one, you had Zoe, right, was the female character. Yeah. yeah, I mean Zoe is um, is voiced by this the same same voice actress who did Cortana, so that was that was a, hey, that was a cool little nugget. Nice. That, yeah, like a lot of people that we play with, they didn't even realize that was the same same voice actress as well. So that was pretty cool. Easter eggs with Zach. Yeah, Easter egg <laughs> corner. <laughs> the big book of uh, of voice actors. Yeah, yeah. I can't, remember, I can't remember her name, and I feel really really bad for that. No. <laughs> Pull up IMDb. I, I did check Left 4 Dead as well. It was oh, 2008. The first 2008. The first one, yeah. yeah. Big. Wow. The first one. That's bad. <laughs> a long time ago now. Yeah, um, so, so yeah, these, these are basically more capable, meant to be more capable survivors. Uh, and like Zach said, they have their own kind of perks. Um, and, and that, I guess, <laughs> is a perfect time to talk about the card system. Um, which which is probably oh, going to be the bulk yeah. of the bulk of gripe I think for many people that play this game. Uh, so so as like I said, the characters have uh, their own kind of buffs and um, they bring to the team. And these buffs aren't massive on their own, um, but when combined with this card system, it becomes a little bit bigger maybe, and it allows for a lot more fine tuning I guess of of kind of your team comp. You know you can't just go in with anything if you want to play at like the super high difficulties. You might want to have to sit there and really decide what characters you take in with you. Yeah, I, the, um, the 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 kind of the deck building thing is a great concept. I feel, but um, I definitely would have preferred to just play the game bare bones. Just get it, you to yeah. actually have a chance to get to play the game without all of those extra positive and negative modifiers because I, I it got it was far too overwhelming for your first time playing the game there's a lot going and, on there's a lot yeah and, and we went in on the middle difficulty and my god like the, there was just no balance we just we were over overwhelmed with this with the one the mechanics of the game and two just the amount of shit the game was throwing at us it was just far too much to, to cope with yeah there was a lot going on like especially if you came from um resident evil what Resident evil left dead um, you you would you'd have a hard time kind of getting your head around some of the concepts first time, especially the deck building thing. Like it's a very um, it's a very interesting mecha- uh, like mechanic that's kind of been thrown into the game, um, and and it's not the only one. There is actually a few other things that are in this game that are very different to how uh, Left 4 Dead works. Um, the weapons, for example, very very different. So there is a rarity system in the game now which exists. There are uh, your standard kind of loot loot and shoot and and loot tiers so there are green uncommons and blue common uh, rares and purple um you know purple ultra rares that kind of thing there is um so this this kind of rpg element that kind of starts to creep in and these guns can also be be customized as well with attachments and all that kind of jazz um so that's also a new thing to learn on top of the card system um and i can definitely see old school left for dead fans getting a bit overwhelmed when they come into this for the first time it's a little bit of a throwaway thing as well, I find, because it's like you you don't get to keep any of your kit in between, like the um, as, as you're going through the acts. Obviously, you, 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 the um, between missions, the gear carries over. 
But once you finish that run, it wouldn't you know you wouldn't be able to then take that same rifle that you no. carried through the whole it, campaign. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to carry that over purely for the act uh, you're in, or however long you keep playing. Because uh, I mean, when 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 I played it, you went through Act One and did the four chapters, and then it didn't stop. You just kept going. Yeah, it just kept going unless you wanted to stop it yourself, right? Which obviously is different to how Left 4 Dead worked because Left 4 Dead it kind of it gave you like a respite, didn't it? I mean, you could stop and but you knew when the campaign was over is kind of what I mean. Yeah. Like in this one, I couldn't really tell when the campaign was over, and I don't know if that's a pacing problem that is going to exist in the main game, or if that is just a pacing problem uh, because of the beta and they've obviously not shown the whole game off. You know. Yeah, I have a feeling that they just grabbed two segments of the game and put them yeah. together. Yeah, I, so I think could, that as well. You could get, a, get an idea of, of what it works. So I, I think in yeah. the actual main game, that won't be an issue. But yeah. I think I feel like my biggest gripe with it is that why bother having a weapon rarity system if you can't keep the weapons that you've that you've looted, you know? And and it, it, even when you do decide that you want to go for another weapon, when you drop your the weapon that you carried before, any attachments that you had, they're lost. They're gone. So you won't be able to get those back. Yeah, the attachment thing was weird, man. Like, I, I don't know if we missed a trick on that or if, you know, I yeah. don't know. Answers on a postcard, please. <laughs> if anyone's listening yeah, to this, like, I actually played it. Yeah, that's it. It sounded, it felt weird because I had like a, I remember one playthrough I did, I had a, a really cool AA-12 shotgun that I got at the start and I loved it. And then as I went through the axe, I got halfway through the first one uh, and I found a higher rarity version of the AA-12. I had a white common one before and I found a blue rare one, which is really cool. Uh, so I want to swap over to the blue rare one, right? So I dropped my current one, equipped the blue rare one. Oh, all the attachments I picked up are stuck on my white one. I can't take the attachments off. What, you know, what, what, what? <laughs> Yeah. How am I meant and to it, change it the gun? too fast-paced mm. for you to be able to just, hang on, guys, let me pause the game. I'm just going to take all my yeah. attachments off mid-menu. Like, exactly, the, right. The, game, the game's too fast-paced for that. So I yeah. feel like if you're going to have that kind of attachment system, it needs to be... Uh, there, there needs to be a way for you to maybe like quick swap the attachments off yeah, the gun. Yeah, drop them off and put them on the... Drop them off and put them on the new gun, right? Because in that case, I wasn't switching to a whole new gun. Uh, all the attachments I had on my old gun worked on my new one because it was just a better AA-12, you know? It wasn't like yeah. I was swapping from a shotgun to a sniper rifle or from a sniper rifle to a machine gun, right, or an assault rifle. I um, I was just moving to another shotgun, you know? And it was the exact same shotgun. It just had a higher rarity rating. And yeah. Bigger base the attachments damage. themselves are great. Like, there's mm. there's a lot of customization yeah. that you yeah. can get in I mean, there. I mean, there is none of that in, in Left 4 Dead you know, 2, right? What, you have the ability to put laser sights on your guns, and that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, that's it. But there's then that's also the case of, like, the game encourages you to, uh, to you know, to not stagnate and just to stick to one gun. Because, you know, I, I mean, w- when you've got all of those lovely attachments on on the, the gun in Back for Blood, you don't really want to lose that weapon then because you've Not invested no. money and time into yeah, it. So it's like, well, money. I've run out of ammo with it and now I'm just carrying around. I mean, it's just a paperweight now. Until that, 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 is a, that is a very good point, man. You say about money, right? Obviously, money is a thing in this game as well. There is a, there is a currency concept when you play it's called, the yeah. game. Yeah. So there is a currency called Copper. Um, and there are certain perk cards you can get which make finding this item easier. Uh, there is one you get in the starter deck called like Copper copper something and i ain't gonna lie i think that was one of the most useful cards ever because as soon as you put that on not only do you find more copper the game highlights it to you wherever it is yeah you find tons of it you just find tons of money bro you you get absolutely swarmed in it and it doesn't really become a problem on the easy difficulties at all um on the hard difficulties is very different story very very different story you run out of money so quick because you just keep dying a lot (laughs) 
Um, well, yeah, and and this is the thing, and, and we'll we'll go into the reason why you hemorrhage money, and it'll be because because oh, of yeah. healing, right? Yeah, healing. Um, that's that's your biggest your biggest Weird hemorrhage one. of money, and we'll yeah. discuss that a little bit later once we've once we've gone through our like the attachments and bits. And yeah. Like that. So so money, yeah, like you said, money is a thing in this game that is not a thing in Left 4 Dead, obviously. So just getting rid of your gun with all your attachments on after you may have bought things, because there's also a shop system as well. Another thing to discuss. There's a shop system in battle as well. Yep to buy things from and to, and you can get attachments from that right so if you're not finding attachments out in the wild you're finding them on the shop and you're buying them with the with the money in game so it's yeah, like it's like a limited stock thing though yeah. so like you you won't have access to all attachments it'll be a case of it's like, a rotating the, stock the game will just give thing, you yeah, yeah it will give you like rotating stock so you'll have like the chance to buy a couple of weapons you'll always be able to buy things like pain pills bandages you know those kind of like first aid kits all that stuff yeah, but if you're if you're looking for weapons and attachments, the stock does rotate between between safe houses. So you've got you've kind of got a um, you've got a good chance of picking up something quite rare just from the store. If you know if you if you're keeping your eye yeah, open, it's not just it, common but... either. You can get purple guns in there and blue guns and all sorts of stuff in there. It's not. Yeah, a, a, a I think most of the all. most of my favorite attachments were ones I managed to just pilfer from the shop because <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like, I would get like semi-decent stuff on the run but then i'd get to like the safe house and i'd be able to buy like a purple laser sight and i'd be like mm. and the laser sight itself isn't actually purple it's just purple yeah so like, I, I pick up a laser sight and i'm like oh man that's banging i'm gonna slap that on my m4 i'm happy now i'm a you know i'm, I'm a happy lad but Boom. it's um yeah it j- just feels you know because you because you do invest that time in having you know getting a, a build and especially because you play in the beta as well you're trying to find your feet and try the different guns um it just didn't feel very friendly to newcomers because it's like you're almost then when you're adding those attachments onto your guns you're just like well i, I don't really feel like i'm encouraged to want to swap weapons now because i'm going to lose everything i fought so hard to get exactly yeah it definitely you could definitely kind of want to hoard your loot, right? You become a bit of like a loot goblin. You want to hold yeah. on to what you've got. You don't want to make any frugal decisions like binning a gun and then wanting it again later. Um, so, so that system is definitely a little bit, little bit strange, and will definitely take a lot of getting used to. I mean, the guns themselves, though, not bad. They feel great. Not bad yeah, at all, the, right? The guns themselves are awesome. They yeah. feel really, you know, they they feel like they've got heft behind them. Mm-hmm. You know, when you pull the trigger, animations are decent. Firing yes. speeds feel good. They feel punchy in the hand. Um, yeah, I, the weapons respond really well. The guns, at least, respond really well. Oh, the shotguns were amazing. Yeah, I, they, they were really the, the good. Action shotgun. I could literally like don't. I don't even need zombies. I could just sit there and fire it and just listen to it. That yeah, was, I, I mean, I mean the, the firing range is a really good in, inclusion in the game. So yeah. you can just... The game also has... And once again, I mean, this is literally... I'm going to have to keep saying this, but they have thrown a lot of stuff in this game to make it different from Left 4 Dead. Like, yeah. a lot. They've even got a hub world. So there's this place called Fort Hope in the game, which acts as a hub world for the, world, for the, for the game, basically. And you can run around there with your friends and you can get stuff and buy stuff and buy new cards for your decks. Uh, and queue into lobbies and make new decks and stuff but there is a massive free-range firing zone there where you can just go there and fire the guns off in the game and try all the ones out try all the attachments out as well genuinely quite useful really cool and and, and it does like I, I feel like in in some ways it feels like they're throwing as many kind of mechanics as they can at the wall and seeing what yeah, sticks yeah 100 100 yeah they are they are literally but, yeah, like, throwing was... things at the wall and seeing like what mechanics can we make work here but yeah like i actually think it, for the most part, yeah, it kind of works. It yeah. definitely feels like they, they're going down that jack of all trades kind of, like like we said, seeing what they can, you know, kind of testing the water to see what they can get away with and, and what, what works and what doesn't. 
Um, again, because it's at beta stage, they've got enough time now to remove anything that they you know hasn't really landed as well, and they've yeah. got time to strengthen definitely. the good bits. Yeah, and the, the gunplay I think was definitely quite good. The melee weapons for me for a little bit flat. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, um, me- the melee weapons were were really they 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 kind of sucked. They I, they, I they lacked they lacked that heft, and I don't know whether that was because there was genuinely something not right with them yet, or because the guns feel really good. You know, yeah, and but, the guns yeah, kind of overshadowed them a little bit. You don't get that, you it's know, not, that real, no, it's that not, real feeling of just hitting something. It doesn't chunky, feel you know? as good as Left 4 Dead 2's melee weapons did when they were added because I think the melee weapons in Left 4 Dead 2 feel really good. Yeah, the axe when it hits and the baseball when it hits, the cricket about all the weird melee weapons they have in the game. I, I felt, I felt the melee weapons in Back for Blood. They they reminded me a lot of. Do you remember how floaty the weapons felt in uh, Dead Island? Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how it felt. It felt like Dead Island it, melee. It did feel... Everything yeah. just felt too It totally floaty. did, yeah. It, it, feel... it did feel a bit like you were swinging in zero-G gravity. Um, yeah. It just kind of... The hits didn't feel very punchy. Uh, I used a hatchet for one of the weapons, which, you know, I guess realistically not a very good melee weapon anyway. Um, yeah. But I, I tried that a few times, and I tried, I think, the base bat as well. But, but both of them didn't really didn't really scratch that melee weapon itch, so I kind of avoided melee weapons from then on. I didn't really use them. But there, there, there was there was one thing that kind of sh- that that did that shined through without a shadow of a doubt, and that was the knife perk that you could. The purchase. knife perk was now, genuinely really good. What yeah. you could do, is, yeah, in the game, is you could replace your shove ability with a knife, and that would that it was just it was just really overpowered. It was fantastic. It, it, it actually it was essentially it made, a one kill on most of the common zombies. To be fair. It was, yeah. So it, it actually it made all of the other melee weapons completely obsolete straight away, and you can buy yeah. that knife <laughs> as soon yeah. as you start the game. Yeah. You don't even have to wait; you can just get it straight away. That is definitely one of the ones I think that's going to need some tweaking because at the moment it's like I would rather just avoid the melee weapons and take the melee perk card as my first pick, yeah, and just exactly. have a, a knife to poke people with, you know? Because the knife is brilliant; it absolutely it it, it works wonders. The shove, I'm not really worried about being able to shove maybe two or three zombies back at once because the kind of the space yeah, exactly. that you get on that, you, you can them kill them with a knife, with the knife it, yeah. in the time just that it takes to, to do one shove. Quick stab, and you've, you've dealt with the problem, right? You've dealt yeah. with the situation. And the, stab, and, and the knife stab, does exa- it takes exactly the same amount of stamina to do the knife stab than it does to swing a melee weapon. Yeah. So it's just like, well, why would I bother with the, with them at all? You know? Yeah, why would I, why why would why I, I have a melee weapon? Using a baseball bat that takes three hits to kill a zombie when I could just use mm. the knife perk. And, and there, is, there is cards, obviously, that also spec into the melee weapons, right? So I imagine if you wanted to, you could probably make some really beefy-looking melee build. Um, but that's not the problem for me. The damage isn't the problem. It's the feel of the weapon doesn't feel right. Yeah, The swing yeah. doesn't feel right. The lack of animations on the swing doesn't feel right. The way it hits and hits, you know, when it hits the enemy doesn't feel right. They just, like you said, Zach, they feel too floaty. The, the melee weapons feel too floaty. Very me. floaty, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not I'm not really digging them compared to how good the guns are as well. So I think that's definitely an area for improvement there to make the melee weapons I also, the same standard. In, in the same vein of, of how how kind of the, the, the feel of, of, of the items and weapons as well, I think the explosions as well need work. The explosions, uh, 100%, the, the, yeah. There was almost no screen rock at all. No. You know, there, was no there was no shake when, when an explosion yeah, went off. Yeah, it was very kind of limited. Like I remember waiting for the pipe bomb to explode which I feel like t- takes too long as well, by the way. Um, yeah. It feels like it beeps for an eternity before it finally explodes. And um, it just, it kind of goes off a bit like a wet fart. And, it just kinda yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. that was it. Yeah, it's a, bit of, a little bit of a drizzle, isn't it? <laughs> it's a little yeah. bit of a drizzle. It, it just, yeah, the explosion feels a bit weak. The VFX aren't very big and the sound isn't really there. Like, once again, 
the way it looks at the moment does look a little bit placeholder. It looks like it might just be a beta thing and they've not got the actual final VFX and the final sound effects in yet because Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't really want to see that on release because the, the explosion felt it didn't feel good. It it felt it didn't just feel worse than Left 4 Dead, it felt a lot worse than Left 4 Dead. Like Left 4 Dead feels so much better compared to it. You know, yeah. Like when the pipe bomb explodes in Left 4 Dead, like you can feel the kind of you know boom when it blows up. It's, right? Yeah, like, it's a proper screen rocker, isn't it? Yeah. You know? When when, um, when it goes off, you know it's gone off. The 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 grenade launcher as well, obviously, uh, and then the underslung grenade launcher. You know, all, all the all the kind of explosive weapons in Left 4 Dead, they feel really good to use. I mean, even the explosive ammo rounds, right? They got that heft to them when you use them. Um, yes. Yeah, but just the generic explosions in this game, I don't know, man, a little bit weak. The the the, the pipe bomb, like I said, a bit weak. The frag grenades also weren't anything special. Um, the explosions didn't even seem to to give that many enemies either. Well, well so that's nothing like, as well. I mean, yeah. in terms of gore, I don't actually really recall seeing any full gibbing or decapitations in the game. I, um, yeah, I saw some heads. You know, some heads go when, when you when you score a head. Yeah, shot, I, I saw just, the heads explode like, though. But, the head will come off and stuff like that. But but compared yeah, to not, the dismemberment yeah. that you get in the games like Left 4 Dead 2, and also like Killing Floor 2 as well. Oh yeah, um, yeah. The the, the 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 technology is there to make it really good. I mean, I just, just Left 4 Dead 2, right, has a full giving system implemented. So yeah, I would have exactly. expected this game to have that as a bare minimum for the zombies. Once again, unsure if that's just a beta thing or not, but. It seems weird to not have that level of gore, and it feels like you're playing Left 4 Dead 2 with the gore turned off. Yes, you know, so there's no, so the bodies do just ragdoll because that's what it felt like when the explosions went off. You know, honestly, I didn't see a lot. Like the most I saw was a headshot, yeah, and the guy's head opened up, and it kind of, you know, you know, like in uh, Resident Evil when you kind of get the critical headshot on the zombies, and you kind of, yeah, and you get like the flappy pancake bit. You get the, you get like the flower head. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that happened to a few of them, but that was kind of it. There wasn't a full head coming off. I didn't. I honestly didn't. It's see like, it. It, it's like uh, Left 4 Dead Two went PG thirteen, isn't it? Well, yeah, the Australian cool. version of Left 4 Dead Two, to be honest, which actually does have you know the gore removed, so it is it is like playing the Australian version of Left 4 Dead Two at the moment, but with a bit more blood. You know, but no gore really. You'd hope that there'd be some blood, considering it's you know we're back for blood. We're back for blood. I mean, the blood, the blood isn't too bad to be fair. The blood's actually okay because yeah, uh, I quite like to have a characters get absolutely caked in it, which is kind of cool. Um, and there is, they have got some realistic kind of shading of the blood as well. So the blood looks really nice. The blood looks really dark in places and light in other places. Yeah. Um, and what I thought was quite good was you can actually coat your friends in it as well. So when you get like the rescue pop-ups and stuff like that, if you shoot a zombie close to a friend, their blood will land on your friend, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, definitely. So you can that, just coat them in, in, in viscera, which sounds really, really disgusting, but it looks really cool in game. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big I, fan of this that is one. The kind of, this is the kind of gritty immersion that we as gamers, we need, <laughs> we need, we need to cover well, our friends well, in gore. Well, the thing is, yeah, like I said, it's, it's just, yeah, it's just lacking that, that gore factor at the moment. So if gore is a big thing for you, I, I don't know, man, it doesn't really hit that. It's creepy and it's fleshy and the zombies are kind of, you know, kind of, they've definitely got some necromorphy vibes. Grotesque, they've got you know, grotesque they've, they've looking got... vibes, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, and, and that's the thing. It's just about threading the needle now. They've got they, they've got the core elements exactly, of the, yeah. the enemy design. They just need to finish it now. You know, a bit more time, and like I said, they've got something special here. Like I said, I think the game has some interesting potential, and I think it's now I played it myself. I think it's unfair to to refer to it as you know Left 4 Dead Three. I think yeah, it I is totally agree. its own entity now. You know, what we thought about the game at the beginning was very much. This is Left 4 Dead 3, right? This is this is it. Um, but in actual fact, it's actually not. It's like someone else completely, a whole nother beast. This is it. And and I think 
regardless of it being its own beast, we will still we will still use Left 4 Dead as the bar because, as we mentioned at the start of the discussion, it is that is the bar of which we judge all games by. Um, so, well, yeah, these games definitely right because it's that same will, kind of genre like of game. Left 4 Dead, but yeah. it's now no longer Left 4 Dead Three. It's Back for Blood. It's its own. Yeah, it's game, its own beast. Definitely. It follows the same kind of loose mechanics at Left 4 Dead established many many moons ago, just like yes. Vermintide does. Obviously, Vermintide. One more so than two. Two obviously branches off quite a bit, uh, but one very much was left for dead. Warhammer <laughs> fantasy, you know, that's literally what it was. Um, yeah, and, and that's originally what we thought this was going to be as well. But yeah, like you said, Zach, it is its own kind of beast. But ultimately, it is a spawn off of that game. You know, it's like rogue, um, not roguelike. Sorry, but I, I will say roguelikes actually as well. Whenever I look at a roguelike game and I play a roguelike game, I always hold it to uh, the binding of isaac because i think that is the best roguelike yes that's yeah. really come out ever because it hits so many points that a roguelike should hit and that's the kind of bar i hold most roguelikes to uh soulsborne games are obviously really popular now you know uh neo and um code vein those games yeah those games are how dark souls because that's the first one that did it you know and just yeah. like this it's how to left for dead for comparison's sake yeah, definitely, and and that's the thing you you mentioned about about you know the kind of the roguelike elements of it. It's really great how you can play the same map, but there are different paths available to you. You know, certain doors that were just mm. boarded over last time yeah. will actually be unlockable. You know, because you have like equipments like the um, like you can you can get you can buy toolkits. I, I think the toolkits are probably one of the best things you can buy. In fact, I actually don't know if if personally you should be able to buy them from the store. I don't know. I thought that maybe that, that was something you you probably have to find and, and really because... They're so lot, useful. A lot of the they? toolkit rooms are super good. They've got a lot yeah. of stuff behind them and the investment to buy a toolkit isn't a lot. So like, I think having that in the store kind of overshadows the, uh, the rest of the stuff a bit. I feel it like does, yeah. I, I mean, like I wouldn't leave the safe house without, without a toolkit, toolkit. Yeah, you know, at least a toolkit, right? So... And, and you're going to encounter quite a few rooms potentially on the way. I remember there was one we played where we came across, I think, two two rooms before we hit the safe house that had that needed toolkits in them. Yeah, you know, and that's it. Like the toolkit serves the purpose not only for rooms that would be otherwise inaccessible, but it also serves as a purpose of there will be certain times when you won't be able to progress without passing through an alarmed yeah, door. Exactly. Now the toolkit would allow you to disarm the alarm. And it would allow you to proceed the proceed through without triggering a horde. So it's it's yeah. like, it, it's a, it's an extra kind of layer of strategy that you can apply to the campaign, which and, I think is great. And that is a really weird thing because there is some of those items in this game that have very weird kind of um, uses for them. Uh, the defib the defibrillator unit, for example, in this game can be used on players that aren't dead as well. Um, yeah. You can use it to just instantly bring up a player who's just downed. Um, don't really think that's a worthwhile use of it, to be honest, but you can if you want to do that. So that's a very yeah. big difference to Left 4 Dead, obviously. You could only use the defib on dead players. Yeah, and when you use the defib on the players, uh, if obviously they, they have been you know previously deceased, they come back and you've got like an extra chance to revive them then, you know, very yeah. much in the same way that it worked in Left 4 Dead. Um, there are some, some definitely e- equipment pieces that just kind of... They, they kind of fall by the wayside. Like you've got the firecrackers, which is just like a pipe bomb, but without the boom at the end. And it's like, well, why would I bother buying that when I could just go for a pipe bomb? 
because I don't. I, if, from from memory, I don't think the price was too different. Not too much, no. The price. And if you're going to bother carrying something, you might as well have something that's actually going to do some damage as well as distracting the infected. And, and not only like the kind of bog standard ones, and 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 how they work, and they work a bit differently. You've obviously got the med kit as well, which works very weirdly. Um, yeah. In comparison to the to the med kit from Left for Dead uh, one and two, and I think this is a big thing that needs to be edited personally because this is one of the biggest crimes I had with the game system. Um, so Left for Dead has the way the house system works obviously is you take damage uh which eventually becomes permanent damage right and then you kind of you kind of get that restriction don't you and you can't really heal past that um and there's no real big healing items apart from the med kit um so you can pop yourself up with pain pills and adrenaline and stuff like that but that doesn't actually properly heal you does it only the med kit heals you um yeah that's, in, that's the thing yeah in back for blood you have the med kit and you have the bandage uh, and the bandage is like a much smaller version to make it a bit of a bigger version um but you have a thing called trauma damage in in this game and that basically stops you from healing it blocks you from healing uh until yeah, you heal it actually properly. lowers your maximum hp yeah. as, as you continue to take damage your max hp starts to go down and the only way to remove that trauma mm. even the med kits don't work it's the med only kits don't the work, medical yeah. stations it's only the yeah. aid stations you have to hit are... up the aid stations to get that and they will give you free charges and you have to pay for them and they will allow you to re-heal past that trauma damage so then yeah. normal healing has become effective again I'm okay with the so, bandage. I'm okay with the bandage so, not doing it. Using using those stations as well, just before we move on to the bandage, those stations, yeah. they will only heal a certain amount of the trauma as well. It won't completely yeah. no, remove No, they won't the fully do you, no. It'll only be a, a small segment. You can use it multiple times, though. Yeah, you, you can use it multiple times, but after a time, you have to pay for it anyway. Yes. So if you're going to just lose copper doing it, it's a bit like, mm, well, how many times do I really want to span this before I get to the end of the level anyway? You know, exactly. not yeah, every safe room might need for, for other purchases later on down yeah. the line. You know, not every safe room has it, which is a bit of a weirdness as well. I think that's an oversight. I don't know why, especially when they've made it like this. I feel like, you know, it, there should be one maybe in each each one or at least halfway through. Um, most of them are hidden behind toolkit rooms also as well. Another issue. Yeah. Um, once again, forced you to take the toolkit in light of something else because you don't want to miss one, obviously. Um, yeah. And and ultimately, like I said, the biggest thing I feel like that med kit, the full size med kit, should definitely heal a bit of it, a hundred percent, because you've got two so. healing items in this game. You've got primary heal items. You've got the med kit, and the bandage. The bandage gives you like a little buff. Um, and I'm okay with the bandage not not doing it. Makes sense. But the full size med kit. Like, come on, man. I feel like that should I, definitely... I actually found the, the, most, the most useful healing item was the pain pills. I mean, yeah, you might as well just pop the pills, right? And just go on a temporary health. Get the temporary health, yeah. Because, it, it, you know, with the with the time wasted putting the bandage on, even though you can do that on the move on this, which is kind of nice. You can actually heal with the med kit on the move as well. You can walk yeah, and heal. Um, it, it's, it was like the med kit's quite pricey compared to the other two. Well, that was the biggest really kick in the balls, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was not only was it pricey, it doesn't even cure the fucking trauma damage. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So it <laughs> You've was just, just paid that money, you can't even cure your trauma damage. So what you can use very it. redundant. So, like, for yeah. me, like, when I was going in, you know, my, my healing item was always pills. Uh, my utility item was always going to be toolkits because what you know having the option to unlock a room and potentially get a healing station was was vital um and then my throwable i tended i tended to either go for the hand grenade or the pipe bomb the, the frag grenade was got a, definitely the, the one the, there yeah the frag grenade was great because it would actually explode on impact and it also had a larger blast radius than the pipe bomb too so 
it was a ch- it was a chunky explosive boy as well. That one was when you threw it down it and was, it went down. Yeah, out of the explosive, out out of the explosions in the game, the frag grenade I think was the most satisfying. Definitely one of the better ones. Yeah, of, it still it still yeah. felt a bit like a wet fart, but it, <laughs> it was a slightly a slightly drier fart than the other than the, than the pipe bomb was. <laughs> you know? Not quite Gobi Desert. Not but quite it wasn't Gobi Desert, fart. but it was a, it had a bit of resonance behind it, you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> and also I did kill myself a few times with it as well, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, that to be fair is a great great segue on to the difficulty in the game oh yay <laughs> oh the the biggest issue was the balancing by yeah, far the balancing is some kind of madness with this game um hot hot damn so there's three difficulty ratings there's an easy a medium and a hard essentially they have fancier names i can't fully remember the names of them yeah you've got green um, amber and red basically right and yeah. Yeah, green so, was was just a piss take. Yeah, green it was, it was, was green is so easy. easy. Green is incredibly easy, <clears throat> incredibly easy, and medium is a ridiculously big jump. Yeah, categorically ridiculous the size of the jump between the two things. Um, I think personally, what you need to do immediately is add a fourth difficulty in um, between between uh, easy and medium. Yeah, they have to have something to bridge the gap because my god, man, it's big. The jump is big. And not only that, I'm pretty sure there is a lack of information about what upping the difficulty actually does to the game. There is, um, yeah. Because the ease difficulty states that uh, infected are easy to kill, obviously. There's less special effect at spawn. Um, and also you can't friendly fire your teammates. Um, and then the amber one literally just says, oh, friendly fire's on. Friendly fire's on, yeah. Like 35% friendly fire damage. And we were like, okay, well, we played Left 4 Dead. Friendly fire's always on in Left 4 Dead pretty much, right? Um, yeah. In some form, even if it's really kind of minor, it's still on. So we go with thing, you know, we play Left 4 Dead, why not? Let's do it, man. And what followed next was an ass whooping of monumental portion proportions. Yeah. Um we, we had we had special inf- the, the, the special infected, they would just spawn consistently. Constantly. Honestly, the, the spawn rates on the special infected man, that is the biggest change I think ever. When I played for an easy air, I saw I saw barely any special infected. Yeah, there was there barely were any of them. That we didn't have a special infected no, on. Not at all. And then on medium, yeah. Christ Almighty! The game just dumps them, just dumps special infected out. Like literally, as you boot that door open on that me- medium difficulty, they are they they just come through the door. They're, they're just already they're there. They're literally everywhere. And on on easy, there's nowhere. They're they're literally gone. Like I I didn't try the hardest difficulty, but fuck me, they I don't know what that is, man. If I just all... I didn't feel brave enough to go on to red because I was no. just like, no, <laughs> not after not after the hours whooping I received on medium, man. Yeah. Like good lord dude the special effects were all over the place so that is a big thing like i want them to to make even make a third fourth option which bridges the gap a bit better yeah or to scale scale back the fucking medium difficulty yeah like i i wouldn't have even expected that level of just just assholery from the from the top hard dicking like there it was a hard dicking it was ridiculous um, it was and and, and also it, it, to factor in sorry that all we can say is like I, I, it was just yeah. It was just the the, the relentless spawning was just it, it, yeah, it was just it was constant, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. A it was. It you, was you didn't consistent. even have a chance to heal. No, and, and coupled with the trauma system, right? You, your your character's yeah. probably fucked anyway to the point where you can't heal. You know, so you've got to live off pain pills because you can't stop there and, and heal yourself because what well, you can't find a heal station or or you this can. Is it. Like you, you, you got to talk so, it. Your, your character had so so much trauma that you were just going down it after a hit a single hit exactly and also there's no passive recovery so in the easiest difficulty when you go between safe rooms uh you are actually passively healed a bit of your trauma health yeah that is instantly taken off on medium instantly taken off you don't get any of it i'd expect that for hard maybe but you know that could still be on medium but maybe just more restricted 
so it doesn't kill it was, you that it was much. Literally, just like um, like we we'll use again Left 4 Dead two as a, as a metric. So you have got yeah. your difficulties. You've got easy, easy, normal, hard, and expert. Right? It was like with the with the difficulties there, they literally just just, just went easy, hard, expert. So there the is no room for negotiation. It was straight gone. in. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was it was wild. The difficulty system is definitely a bit scuffed. It is one of the things I'd like to see them sit down and really think that out because damn man, medium was a medium hurt. Medium hurt. I, I was big. I was a little bit like, guys, did you did you play test this? <laughs> and, and, and if so, did you make it past the yeah. fifth level? Because yeah, yeah, it was God. it was definitely big. Like I don't know if that like I said, balance changes all the time, right? Balance changes all the time in the game and, and and it is something that evolves as the game gets played by more people right so so this is definitely something that will be brought to their attention i think for sure that the game is quite difficult and that jump is quite big um and it is really only something you see in game dev when you actually put your game out to the public and the public starts playing it because it's very easy to be uh blind to your own product you know um, yeah it's incredibly easy to be blind to your own product and and when you get a sample size as big as an open beta for example a lot of people can be like yeah this is actually quite difficult and then you're like oh actually you know what it is quite difficult yeah we do need to kind of scale this back a little bit so i definitely hope they look to that and they they scale appropriately because damn the medium is big <laughs> medium is is a is proper big <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they they went large with the with the difficulty for sure. Oh man, yeah, it was a it was a ass whooping, and and also to kind of tag onto that, uh, you also have the corruption cards which exist. So those oh, are yes. cards which are um, uh, sort of RNG rolled cards, and they give you sometimes objectives to do. Like you'll get five hundred extra copper if everyone makes it to the end without dying, or you'll get five hundred copper if everyone makes it to the end and no one triggers the horde or anything like that. Um, or vice versa, you'll get harder ones like the common infected are more resilient and you have to put them down with headshots. Uh, or the map is intensely foggy and you can't see anything in front of you. And this is also something which is affected by the difficulty as well, but it doesn't save out on the medium one again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't and, and say and how many you can get hit by or how many can affect you. And when we played it together, I mean, we we must have either had the worst luck ever or, again, another another. It issue was ridiculous, with, with right? Scaling. How many cards did we have stacked against us? It was mad. We it was like, like five eight, cards, yeah. We had like eight negative modifiers, and most of them involved the yeah. infected being harder to kill, and they hit harder. Yeah. So we, we just we literally <laughs> stepped out, and we just died yeah. straight away. It felt like we got absolutely screwed over there like i feel like hard limit on cards is should also factor into difficulty as well yeah so on like normal for example you get no cards on like on a easy sorry you get no cards on that new difficulty maybe you get like you know one or two cards to get you used to it on the new you know normal difficulty you get three cards maybe and then hard you get a maximum of five cards and you can't go above that amount that would be really good uh because like easy doesn't give you those so you never get to try them out really you don't get that experience you get i think on easy you get the objective ones but i didn't remember seeing any of like the negative ones on easy uh, you do but only um much later in the campaign because oh, okay. so, you had like eight, yeah. eight maps didn't you to play yeah, yeah on. quite a few um and it was only by sort of like maybe map six or mm. seven that they started to come in with those like okay yeah. affected a hard kill that kind of thing i like, mean it definitely didn't feel as punishing as medium difficulty did they just kind of started dumping uh, cards on you right at the start right it felt like that anyway yeah, they did. It like, felt like it, it negative was... cards came, you know, thick and fast. And that was the thing. I was just looking at, especially because it was our first time playing as well. I was just looking at the screen, like, okay, cool. What does this mean? <laughs> I <laughs> what, little what did I realize the absolute just just spanking that we were about to get. Yeah, the game had rolled, uh, and the dice had said that we're fucked, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> we, we, we rolled snake eyes on that one for sure. Yeah, hundred percent, man. hundred percent. Um, 
and yeah and, and that come they, they kind of piggyback off of off of the card system like i said the card system is this kind of weird weird entity the game has where the developers kind of put this deck building system into the game to see how it functions and how it plays and it, it gives you more a chance to kind of expand your character uh, and expand your play style um and quite and personally i think that the system has got some promise but i think it, it really shines in the versus mode in the game um i don't think its place in the the co-op campaign really is warranted that much I think you could remove it from the co-op campaign, keep in all the other features, but remove that and and keep the deck building just for versus mode. Um, because I think it adds a lot to versus mode. It adds a lot to competitive multiplayer, less so cooperative multiplayer. Yeah, definitely. And and I would have loved a classic mode, I, I think, for the for the beta especially, just so I could have found, like I was saying earlier, like so I could find my feet with the actual game itself how the game works and then those cards could be an extra added challenge slash you know kind of bonus i think the corruption ones and the objective ones are good you could keep those in the the campaign because that just gives you kind of more replayability to discovering new things um but like the actual character progression stuff don't really know if that's needed in cooperative campaign to be fair i don't i don't really think you i don't i don't know i don't know like i said it it was a weird kind of concept that that looked like it was kind of just kind of bolted on to the yeah, campaign. and it would, and I think it would make more sense if, like we were saying earlier, if you actually kept the stuff that you yeah. you had gathered in the campaign. So, like, you know, if you, I don't know, you completed the game with a with a uh, an M4 with a laser sight, you get to keep that M4 with a laser sight, so you can play that with the next campaign. So when you boot up yeah. another game, you'd, you'd have a new continuous like mates. Keep that gun. Keep, yeah. keep the perks. You know that kind of thing. And then that would obviously progress. You, you could then have more dynamic kind of scaling on your, uh, your 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 combat and stuff like that as well to account for players that have you know more loot or and whatnot. Um, yeah, compared to other players that don't have that loot in whatever difficulty you're playing on. And like I That's said, it. I personally think the card system works fantastically for versus mode, and I think that's where it really shines. But apart from that, I don't know about cooperative multiplayer like not really necessary yeah in versus i think it's really good because what it does fundamentally is it gives the players another thing to think about when they go into a versus match you know just like league of legends has room or used to have room pages and it's what has rooms now but a bit differently to how it used to have them um you know it's something extra for you to think about when you go in so before you play you spend a bit of time researching what works best for the character you want to play and you put it on there and it can give you extra benefits and buffs which is exactly what this can do there's a deck for the survivors and there's a deck for the infected so you have two different decks and you can really get down to it and customize how you want your affected or your survivor to play in that yeah and some, environment. and some builds are going to be a hard counter for other builds exactly, but then yeah. they'll also have weakness so it ends up being a rock paper yeah. scissors of deck building exactly it, right? and and that is really cool for competitive multiplayer because that's what people want to do when they play competitive multiplayer they want to to get immersed in that competitive landscape they want to be able to fight other players and have that gritty combat and that gritty development that comes from kind of being the best. They want to have, you know, they want to make the best deck, be the best survivor, be the best certain infected, right? And the deck building works really well for that because it gives those players something extra to work with and to work on. And at the end of the day, the game developers want to attract both cooperative players and competitive players. Versus mode isn't for anyone, everyone, especially not in this game compared to what it was in Left 4 Dead 1 and 2, where Versus was essentially just a campaign that you took turns as you saw what team got further enough, you know, far enough in the campaign, right? Yeah. Um, that's completely the opposite in this game. In this game, Versus is essentially just survival mode from Left 4 Dead 1 and 2, where both player, both teams take sides playing them until the other team dies, basically, and whoever gets the most points at the end wins. Um, so it's a lot more arcadey and it's a lot more arena compared to Left 4 Dead 1 and 2's was. 
yeah, yeah, definitely. And and again, it's a, it's another step of them, you know, kind of stepping out of the shadow of Left 4 Dead, going that going in their own direction, trying something else. Um, and I think, yeah, exactly that. Like you it said, sticks the completely. plant building it, system it, yeah, it's, in there as well. Great dynamic. It sticks completely for what it is for the multiplayer mode. Like I said, for the competitive multiplayer mode, but for for the normal cooperative campaign, does it really need that level of kind of immersion with the cards? I don't know if it does. You know, mm. and and I have seen online there are rumors about a classic mode that exists. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't really find a lot about this. To be honest, I, I saw it on the Wikipedia article for the game. We can't substantiate it at this point. I, I couldn't know. I couldn't really find any definitive sources. You know that it exists or not. I guess if anyone does, you know, answer on a postcard. Let us know if classic is actually a thing because that'd be really good if classic is a thing. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't really find anything. There is a post on the Wikipedia article about it, which links to a, I think, a PC gamer article. I had a skim read for it, but I couldn't really see any time they spoke about classic mode in there or mode about the cards. So I, I don't really know what they were referring to there. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, absolutely. As as we've said, as a as a kind of a general overview for it, that, that there's there's a lot of stuff on it, like with, within the game already, that it's going to do very well, and it's definitely going to bring in. A big audience but there are some real kind of flaws at the moment that need to be ironed out quickly if they're going to make yeah, a success it's, it's designs that need a bit more refinement really around the edges they are a bit rough at the moment you need to go in there with a nice a nice high grade sandpaper and just smooth that bad boy out a bit you know yeah yeah finish definitely. up those edges give it a nice old coat of polish so it comes out you know and uh and people really enjoy it and and to be honest i think that is a good place to give kind of my overview on the game and that is that i reckon when it comes out i will I will probably play it. I don't know if I'm going to buy it outright, though. I think what what I'm going to probably do is play it on Xbox Game Pass. You know, I think I'm going to get a Game Pass account for the sake of playing it when it comes out because you can get uh, your first month of Game Pass for like a pound or like four pound as like a trial thing, and it's on Game Pass day one as soon as it releases. Nice. So you know, if you wanted to play it and you wanted to try it out, but you don't want to drop that fifty pounds, sixty pounds investment that they're asking, it's on Game Pass. You know. And you can get that on Xbox and on PC, and it's totally, you know, its own thing, and it's fully supported by crossplay as well. So you can play that with everyone else. It's just on Game Pass instead, so it's not yours yeah. to keep. It's only yours as long as you got Game Pass. But I think if you wanted to try it out on release, that is a very good way of doing it without a lot of kind of, you know, um, a lot of investment in the game. Or you know, you could do it my way and just wait for it to come out on sale. <laughs> yeah, you, you could always wait for a sale. Yeah, yeah, you could wait for a sale. I, I think um, I think the Game Pass is a good way if you wanted to be in like day one crowd and really experience mm. like, what they've done to it. Because I do want to see what they've done. I do want to see if they change it up. Because I would like to, I would like to play it more. It was a, it was an interesting game. Like I said, it has real potential. It just needs time. It needs a bit yeah, more time. Get, the the Game Pass way is definitely a good strat, especially yeah. as you know with with um, especially games with multiplayer. You want to be there pretty early on so you can. You're totally right there, yeah. Totally right. You want to get the meta and you want to learn what makes it tick and you really want to get that investment. And that only comes with you playing it really at the you know the first few months of the game coming out. Yeah. Um and you might not want to wait for a massive price reduction. So the game pass is very, very good. And to be perfectly honest, the game pass itself it has got quite good recently. I won't lie, Microsoft are doing some are doing some goodness to that. Like when I saw the recent E3 announcement when Microsoft was showing off all the games that are coming out on Game Pass on day one. I ain't gonna lie, I was I was pretty impressed. There's some pretty good ones coming out there, and it definitely Stepping the game up a little bit. It definitely made me think. You know what, man? Maybe I should like start looking at investing in a Game Pass account for PC, perhaps because there is an Xbox one and a PC one, and they are totally separate entities. You don't have to get both. You can get one or the other. So if you've got a PC, you can get a Game Pass PC account. 
Very um, nice. And then all of your your games, they're playable, uh, not through the Windows Store or the Microsoft Store. They're actually playable through like the Game Pass launcher, which is its own entity. Um, so you don't even have to use the Microsoft Store if you don't like the Microsoft Store either to play them, which is mm. really good. Um, it's, it's a very good service. Microsoft have made leaps and bounds of it over the past year, um, over the past few years, actually. And it is definitely, I think it's very interesting, especially with a lot of games coming out soon that are dropping on Game Pass Day 1. There's quite a lot of nice stuff out there. Back for Blood being one of them as well. Um, Arcane's new games that are coming out are also planning to be on Game Pass Day 1. Um, you've got the new Halo game also, Game Pass Day 1. Lots of stuff. Although the, the multiplayer side of Infinite is going to be free yes, anyway. Yes, yeah, yeah. The multiplayer game, multiplayer, multiplayer side of Infinite is actually going to be totally free, which is really cool. Um, there is going to be a hundred percent free to play, which is which is really interesting. And I'm definitely going to give that a try for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, you've got nothing to lose, so it's mm. absolutely worth giving it giving it exactly a go, right. It? And then if you've got Game Pass, you can then play the story mode as well. You know. Yeah, so it is. I mean, I mean, Halo has always been a been a, a you know a really decent franchise to invest your time in. Anyway, the multiplayer has always been fun. Yeah, so. it's always been well, it's always been the crown jewel, right, in the Microsoft crown of of games and, and and their kind of you know their their first party titles. Anyway, yeah, definitely. Halo has always been on the top the top strong level uh, alongside games like Gears of War, for example, as well, Forza Motorsport, those kind of games, as the big kind of top dogs in Microsoft's kind of first party lineup. Um, yeah, which I has mean, you, you go back to you go back to like the 360 PS3 days exclusivity like as we were mentioning earlier about exclusivity like they that was when it I think it was at its at its best at its height because you had you know on 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 the Sony side you had things like Killzone and Uncharted you know Xbox side you had Halo Gears of big, War big, were big love for Killzone though. real big titles you know and and they. That was when it was like there was that real divide in the titles. I feel like in the, the in the, in the last gen with PS4 and Xbox One, I feel like there wasn't really a lot either way that you know would really pull you one way or the other. Oh no, I mean on I mean the last few gens right has been uh, Sony that have really been leading the charge when it comes to exclusive games. Right, there hasn't really yeah. been many games on xbox that you've that you would buy a console for personally i I wouldn't anyway and and also a lot of them haven't actually really been true exclusives anyway they've either been third party titles or they've been on pc also they've not been just on the console you know uh and and that's just the kind of shift the shift in in um and we are getting off topic but it's a good point um that is the shift in kind of uh development styles between microsoft and sony uh they both make very different first party games yeah, very and, uh, but games. that's it. And uh, you say it's off topic, but it it still does tie into our whole crossplay. Oh, totally. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. And I think I, I do. I think as my my kind of my final note on it is that I I think I am really pleased to see that this is happening, and I hope that this is a trend. I hope that devs are going to follow suit with what Back for Blood has done. Be mm. ballsy and be brave, and, and yeah, and get the crossplay working for their take games. Take a sure. chance on the yeah. crossplay because people—it's definitely what people want. People don't want to be se- segregated and separated from their friends. Uh, exactly. Play on yeah. other consoles. One of the biggest things about crossplay, right, is it can also breathe life to games that aren't doing very well anymore because it yeah. up, it ups their player counts immensely. You know, um, Dead by Daylight, for example, is a very good example of this uh, of crossplay coming in. Um, it was a game that has always done really well on PC, but the Daylight like, community on PC is very big uh, and is very committed and have played the game for a very long time. Uh, and the game is always always does well on Twitch. It's always in the top 10 games on Twitch since it came out. There's a lot of love for Dead by Daylight. Um, when the console versions came out, the console versions were met with a bit of hesitancy. Not a lot of people liked 
liked them when they first came out, they were quite buggy. Uh, and also console players kind of quickly grew tired of just playing with each other and playing on a separate systems. And that led to, you know, less games being found. And Dead Daylight is an entirely online game. You can't play that game single player. You have to play it multiplayer with other people. So yeah. cross-play for that, when they finally implemented it, yeah, it just it made the game alive again because console players could play PC players. And obviously there was tons of PC players waiting to play, you know. I will say the skill rating is a bit, bit a little bit skewed in Dead by Daylight. PC players, <laughs> PC players, I find are genuinely more more experienced at the game. That's not just a thing because the game is about longer, um, but certain things are way easier to do in Dead by Daylight if you have a keyboard and a mouse than if you have a controller. Yeah, had a lot yeah. easier to do. This is the thing, isn't it? Yeah, there are there are definitely some advantages on both sides, but yeah, PC PC gamers because you have that like high sensitivity. Kind of, um, yeah, man. You, know, you, you can literally you can turn on a nine pence camera. Yeah, spin spinning. Spinning is it, a big and, thing in DVD, and doing three sixties yeah. is a big thing as well. Yeah, and it is traditionally like if you're playing a killer, I love to play killer in DVD. Um, and you go against survivor that tries to three sixty you. If they're a console player, yeah, you will probably catch them ninety five percent of the time because yeah. they can't they can't spin you fast enough with their controller. The, the turn it circles yeah. too wide. Because they've it, got right? their controller and they're bound to analog sticks and they're bound for controller sensitivity, yeah? They can't beat you. If you're a fast killer and your mouse is sensitive, yeah, you can spin and easily hit them without a fact, yeah? So so one of the biggest arguments against crossplay, some people say, is the skill rating and the skill cap difference. Yeah. You know? Which which ultimately wouldn't really make a difference for a, a co- cooperative game, but competitive, you might have a problem there. Yeah. definitely yeah but I, I suppose it's one of those things like you you are you know what you get in what you're getting yourself in for when you go on ultimately it depends like. on how serious you want to play it right because like yeah. i said the thing with a cross play is anyone can turn it off at any time they want to um you don't have to face piece players if you don't want to you'll just probably find more games you know so you can just do console players if you want it doesn't have to have yeah. that and back for blood has that as well you can disable it you can turn it off you don't have to do that maybe you'd want to to only enable cross play for cooperative campaign and then for versus, take it off, you know? Yeah, yeah, to make it a little bit fairer. Yeah, because it's not competitive. You don't really care, right? Because it's cooperative, right? So if you lose, you all lose together. <laughs> it's not just one person <laughs> losing, right? Whereas in the cooperative, I mean, it's still a team game right at the end of the day, but you're not going to be, you know, destroyed by PC players or or killed by, you know, hyper good, you know, PC survivors that can just flick their guns and just, you know, headshot on a dime, that kind of thing. And I'm sat here on my PC with my 360 controller, just like, carry me! Big brains. <laughs> Big brain strategy. You played a PC game with the controller instead and you flick it up. <laughs> but it is worth noting, to be fair, you know, I, I personally find some games are better with controller on, on console, and that's they a are, fact. Yeah. Um, like, I love fighting games, for example, and I would never dream of playing a fighting game on PC with a keyboard ever. Oh, no, 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 definitely not. No. Never. Could you, could you imagine playing Tekken yeah. with mouse and keyboard? You, you can do it. No. You can play fighting games like Street Fighter with keyboard, but I honestly don't know why you would, personally. I think it's a no, bit I'm mad. Good, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I used to think the same about Dark Souls, but then I actually learned and kind of trained myself to play with keyboard and mouse. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up playing all of Dark Souls 3 with keyboard and mouse and really enjoyed it. But it took me a while to get used to it, but I did it in the end. But that was a game for a long yeah. time I loved to play with just controller. Um, you know, so there are games that I love playing with controller and I still use it on my PC, but there are some games of course, that I prefer. We, we, all know, we all know the best way to play games is to um, is to hook a baguette up to your, <laughs> your PC yeah, yeah. and play it that way. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. <laughs> Those yeah. videos are mental. <laughs> yeah, there is, a, there is a guy on Twitch uh, whose name I totally forget now, and he did a big thing when Overwatch came out where he played Overwatch characters with different things. So he played Widowmaker with a baguette that he hooked up a gyroscope to and he used it as a as a, as a sniper rifle. Um, <laughs> and there's like a bit where he gets a headshot and he just takes a bite out of the baguette. It's great. 
uh, Winston, the, the hyper-intelligent gorilla from Overwatch. He played him with bananas. <laughs> And he had that's a just, that's some wild shit, he had a set of bananas up, and he, to be fair, we could cover a whole episode on people playing things with weird controllers. There's some amazing stuff out there. Um, one of the greatest by far is all the Dark Souls games played on a DDR dance mat. That's just mental. Yeah, man, <laughs> it's, it's insulting yeah. as well. Yeah. The, the the player skill. All, just all, like, all, I, all I, the Dark Souls I'd games. Never be that good, One you know? to three played on a DDR dance mat, mate. You know. And people have even done that for speedrun contests as well. Like in games done quick, people have done people have whipped out the DDR dance mat and 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 used that. And it's just like, damn man, you there's some flex in here. That's that some is, big that flex. Is showing off, yeah, to the absolute zenith you know, of showing when, when off, you can it? play Dark Souls with a DDR mat, truly there's nothing left. You've you've conquered life. You've conquered the games. What else can you do <laughs> at that point, you know? You wanted to know what the secret to life was. There, you, there beat, you beat Dark Souls with DDR, and then you, you're, found, you, you're told the secret, you're told the truth, you know. For anyone that likes anime out there and has ever watched, um, has ever watched uh, Full Metal Alchemist, there is a kind of thing in that about learning the truth, like the true truth behind mankind, humanity, the, the true real truth. And that's that's kind of what it is when you play Dark Souls. <laughs> After you do Dark Souls, the DDR map, an eldritch being visits you and it tells you the truth. Yeah. And then you learn. And, and, and all that Aldrich being says is, you need to go outside and touch grass, my man. You, you, you need to touch grass. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get some air in your lungs. <laughs> oh, See some sunlight. You've been indoors too long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but yeah, I think that mostly covers uh, our experience with the Back for Blood beta. Yeah, so um, really hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you enjoyed our mad ramblings at the end there about baguettes and dance mats. <laughs> Crossplay and p- publishers and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, thank you very much for joining us, guys. And uh, we are looking forward to bringing you some more content real soon. Yeah, we've got some, some interesting stuff in the pipeline, which uh, we think you guys are going to enjoy quite a lot. So, yeah, keep keep an eye on the uh, the Discord channel. Keep an eye on our posts and whatnot. And, yeah, we're going to have got some cool stuff coming. Excellent. See you next time. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye.